We all have choices to make on a daily basis. Will I reposition myself? Will I readjust life? Or will I remain situated in that same place? Or, or will I continue to do what I want to do? That's a choice I make on a day-by-day -day basis. I have to remember that it's not the dilemma of the person, but my response to what's going on. Will I respond to what I know the word says, or will I respond according to what I say? You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound Broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. The phrase position yourself suggests that I need to get a certain place and get situated. And from a biblical perspective, the phrase position yourself means to take a stand and to station uh, yourself or myself in one place, not to be moved here, there, and everywhere. In other words, I need to get in faith and remain steadfast, loyal, faithful, committed, unmovable, with confidence. I'm going to rely on Jesus and his ability, his anointing, and his power in God and, and his written and revealed word. I'm going to position myself. In time, I must reposition myself and adjust my thinking, talking, and at times physical location so that I can lock into what God is saying rather than what people are saying. And at times, some of us can be all over the place. Our mind is moving from fault to fault, from feeling to feeling, up, down, sideways, and so forth. We can physically go from place to place or looking for answers, solution, relief. That's not necessarily what we need. Or oh, we can't be in a position where we are positioning ourselves. We can be stubborn for being in the wrong place in, in our position. We could be so stubborn or so caught up in one way of doing things that we miss out on what God has for us in another way. See, trials and tribulations and at times blessings and increase can cause us to be in a place that we may get out of alignment of what we know is to be true or what God wants to reveal to us through his word. We want to ensure that we are in alignment with what God is saying to us, what's written in his written and revealed word. See, each time that we receive knowledge and understanding from God, I have the opportunity to reposition myself, to readjust myself slightly or to remain situated in that same place or continue to do what I want to do but the choice is up to me. See, hearing the preach word on messages like being Christ-minded, being a persistent prayer, being a believer of influence and maintaining a continual praise, I have the opportunity to reposition myself, readjust slightly, or remain situated in that same place or I continue to do what I want to do. But the Holy Spirit is seemingly speaking today is position yourself. Get situated in that set place in your faith, regardless of problems, trials, trips, tribulations, and so forth, even during the blessed season. And many of us have lived long enough to know that life has its challenges along the way. Many of us understand that in life we may deal with people and problems that will change our mind, our will, our feelings, and emotions. 
You have not lived long enough to have somebody to say or do something to cause your feelings and emotions to go to another place. In other words, unexpected information, sickness and disease, financial distress, can cause us to get in a place of unrest inwardly as well as outwardly. These things will try to come and move us from our set place, our position in God. We know and understand what the word says when it says to believe and don't doubt. But the problem is we're trying, the, the enemy is trying to move us. Our emotions are trying to move us, not in a good way, but in a place that causes us to be agitated to the point that we want to take matters into our own hands rather than trusting in the hand of God. And I've been guilty of, of trying to take matters in my own hand instead of trusting in the hand of God. Because it's, it's easy. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Something or someone has to come and something or someone will try to come and move our faith away from having full confidence and reliance on Jesus as my healer, Jesus as my deliverer, Jesus as my way maker, Jesus as my divine protection, Jesus as my source of prosperity. I want to be steadfast in those facts. We all have choices to make on a daily basis. Will I reposition myself? Will I readjust slightly? Or will I remain situated in that same place? Or, or will I continue to do what I want to do? That's a choice I make on a day-by-day -day basis. I have to remember that it's not the dilemma of the person, but my response to what's going on. Will I respond to what I know the word says, or will I respond according to what I say? If the situation requires forgiveness, will I forgive, or will I remain in unforgiveness? If the situation requires that I stretch my faith and give, will I hold on to what that, what that which God is stirring me to give, or will I release it by faith? If the situation requires prayer and fasting, will I increase my prayer and fasting, or continue business as usual. See, my response many times impacts how fast I go through the process on the way to receiving my promise deliverance. And God has promised to deliver us. My response can help me or hinder me and hinder the process. My feelings, will, and emotion influence my response in many ways. And because remember, we're made up of three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. Our spirit is where we're God conscious in. Our soul consists of our mind, our will, our emotions, our feelings, and desires. And our body is our physical body that houses our spirit and our soul. But therefore, we have scriptures like Luke 21 and 19. Let's go to Luke 21 and 19. We're coming back there. Let's go to Luke 21 and 19. It's important that we understand our soul and what the Lord requires of us. Luke 21 and 19, by your patience possess your souls. So by your patience, you're steadfast and you're waiting for, you want to possess or acquire your souls, your feelings, your, your being, your to me, God's will or our mind, our will and our emotions. Notice this particular verse is personal, indicating that I must carry out these instructions. 
by our patience, our endurance, and our loyalty to the faith, and our ability to be steadfast and unmovable, we possess or we seize and maintain our soul. We take hold of our desires, our feelings, our mind, our will, and our emotions. Luke 21, 19 tells us specifically, by your patience, possess your souls. See, I must be steadfast and my steadfast and move mindset, my ability and willingness to position myself in the faith and get settled in situation will allow me to possess my soul. And see, as humans, we're going to deal with the ups and downs of life, and life can take a toll on our soul. Our situation can have an impact, whether positive or negative, impact on our mind, our will, and our desires. And depending on the circumstance, it causes our desires to be activated, our feelings to be stirred, our mind to become anxious and agitated. So a certain situation can come and shake us up to the point that will stir us to move in a certain way. See, certain information causes us to say and do things that will cause us to go out of character. In other words, we can go, and go to prayer and praise and have it realize that God has delivered us from profanity and cursing. Just that quick, you can get the right information and it can call your soul to go to a, right, to a different place. I mean, you can be calm just watching TV, man, and then all of a sudden you get a text, a phone call, and call your soul to go left, right, and never wish you away. And let me say this to you. It's happening to everybody in the sanctuary. Everybody. I'm looking at everybody. Even children have got stirred up by stuff that they heard from their parents and vice versa. Everybody has been stirred up by something. I mean, you could be working this, working on your job, and all of a sudden somebody says something, boy, you stir your soul. They come here and say, hey, I got, you know, you got plans at what, at 5 and 1, you plan to be in a certain place, right? You got to five, and 5 and 1, you got to be in a certain place. And then they're going to say, overtime. <laughs> See, you just got to be careful about that. See, it gets stirred, yo. So, it gets stirred, your soul. It gets stirred, your soul. So, I don't know one person in the sanctuary that their soul has not been stirred by information. Think about information that stirred your soul. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, I mean, let's say it was information that stirred your soul. You were good until that information got there. Information that stirred your soul. Information calls us to, to, to fight, flight, or freeze, which is why we must position ourselves daily to, to God's, position ourselves daily to believe and uh, continue to walk in and operate in God's written and revealed word. See, we allow others to manipulate us to respond in a negative manner or learn to be moved by the Holy Spirit in a way that pleases God. See, it could be one or two matters. And, you, and this is a process. Let me, let me, let me say this. It's, this is a process. You have to be learned. You have to learn how to be moved by the Holy Spirit. You got to learn. I promise you, your emotions don't need training. They don't need trained. They will be trained by the world. I'm talking, there's going to be some situations out there that is going to train your emotion to act a certain way. And you know, most of us, we don't remember the class we went to, but we went to somebody's class and we were stirred up by our emotions. And I, you know, but we're learning how to do it God's way instead of our way. 
We can't allow others to manipulate where we respond in a negative or in a negative manner. But we got to learn to be moved by the Holy Spirit in a way that pleases God. See, the Holy Spirit, the comfort of master teacher and guide, will teach us how to possess and get our souls under subjection to God's written and revealed word. And it takes time. And, and, and let me say this before I move further. You can't expect to learn this lesson overnight. You got to keep repeating this lesson over and over again. I mean, over and over again. I mean, really, if I'm going to be honest with you, you better, 365 days a year, you better learn this lesson. You better be trained 365 days a year. Because you can take one day off. One day. One day off can cause havoc in your life. Cause you to lose sleep. Cause you to get mad. Cause you want to say, do things. I mean, you take one day off. One day. One day. Well, it'd be okay if I take one day off. Why? We can't take tests, yo. You don't know what's going to come your way. You don't know. You don't know. I'm sorry. Let me get a little more. Holy Spirit will lead and guide us to align and position ourselves uh, to what is true based on the Word of God, based on the situation and circumstance. It's His Word that's going to cause us to be stirred and not our emotions. Why? We're learning how to, to possess our soul by patience. See, patience requires us to be delivered and not swaying from my trust in the written and revealed word of God despite the trials and the suffering. I'm not denying the trials and suffering because they're real. Life is going to happen. But my feelings and emotions will have opportunities to be up. I have opportunity to be down. But I must pray that the Holy Ghost power be able to take better control over how I respond to life's happiness. People, problems, and processes will change, but God's promises remain the same. And one lesson I'm learning daily that I must trust the promises of God more than my current trial and suffering. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. For all the promises, every divine assurance, every blessing given by God in him is yes and amen according to the glory of God through us. And thank God his promises do not fail. This verse lets me know. Do whatever God announces or proclaims in his word is yes and amen to the glory of God. Amen says God is faithful and is able to perform what he says. It shall be done. Somebody say it shall be done. Yeah. And see, many times the trials and suffering is before us now. Screaming for our attention. So when you go through something, it's right there in your face. I mean, it's literally right there in your face. God must look like, feel like, and sound like the promises of God is true. For all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. And I believe if there's a problem before us, God has, has a solution to our problem. How many agree with that? If, if there's a problem before you, God has got a solution. I mean, that's, you got to believe that. Because let me say this thing. Look up here real quick. When you deal with a problem, this is what it looks like, man. All in your face. All in your faith. The problem is all in your faith. I mean, it's all in your faith. I mean, it's all in your faith, and if you didn't care, but it will overwhelm you if you didn't care. You see, you're back. I mean, when a problem comes, problem, I mean, problem, a good problem, that problem is all in him. All of him. We don't 
let people we know get that close to us. So you know. I'm here to tell you, man, you need to stay in my cave. I'm telling you, that you break those nails, then get out of my way. The problem is not about all your whooping and all that kind of stuff. Problem, you got to deal with problems. I believe there's a problem before God has a solution. And I've learned how to wait on God's answers in faith, not wavering in doubt, but waiting on the manifestation of his promise, as Isaiah 40 and 31 tells us. Let's go to Isaiah 40 and 31. Isaiah 40 and 31 reads as follows. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Notice, but those who wait, they're looking for and expecting the Lord to show up. When he does, we know he's going to change us. He's going to renew us. He's going to change us for the better. Well, change our strength? Because why? We can't rely on our strength. My strength will, listen, let me tell you something. When problems in my face, my strength will run out just like that. Because sometimes I've got, got a pen and it's draining my strength out. I can't go in my natural strength. I, got, I need God's strength to deal with this situation. And so he'll change strength. He'll, he'll give us or change it for the better. But I like this. He's going to give us his strength, his power, his might. And then we're going to mount up with wings like eagles. In other words, if I position myself to wait on the Lord, wait in faith, wait with expectation, I have a promise and I will change strength. I will experience a change in power, a change in might, a change in ability. No longer my power, my might, but the, but the transformational power of God. I will gain his power in his might. And let me say this, the power is for me to receive his promise. The power is for me to receive his promise. When I change strength, I'm looking for his power to receive his promise. I, you don't get strength to do what you want to do. You get strength to receive his promise. The, the promise is aligned with the, his strength. They go hand in hand. You do not get strength to say what you want to say, do what you want to do, act the way you want to act. We get power to carry out his will in our life. Everybody see the difference there? You need to know that because if you try to do it the way you want it done, it don't work that way. It only happens the way that he wants it done. We are about to experience no, no, Better is here, better is coming. His power is better than my power. Power suggests resources, ability, authority, as well as influence. And according to the first clause of Isaiah 40 31, I need to position myself to wait on the Lord with expectation, looking for my situation to change, looking for my healing, looking for my day cancellation, looking for that promotion, looking for that to come to pass. And, as, and then, and then the latter part, they shall run, move quickly, and hurry, and not be weary, not feeling or showing tiredness or being exhausted. They shall walk, proceed, and lead away, and not faint, fatigue, close to losing consciousness. See, we're about to experience some running and some walking. Running that does not come with weariness. Wailing that does not come with being fatigued. And this is what you need to know about it. It's not physical, but spiritual. Spiritual. But if we position ourselves according to Isaiah 40 and 31, that change strength is going to cause us to, to do some supernatural, extraordinary, miraculous running and walking through the trial, through the 
trouble and through the tribulation. It will not be our strength, our power, our armor, but his strength, his power, his might, his ability, his ability for, as we wait for him. See, waiting on the Lord requires me to do the word while waiting for the expected word to come to pass in my life. See, when I wait, I do the word while I wait for the word to come to pass. And to continue to mature the word of God so that doubt and unbelief will not sway me into process me looking for the word to manifest in this area of my life. I want to see and experience this word coming to pass in my life. I need to get to the point that I quickly believe the word and quickly stop doubt. I quickly believe and I quickly stop doubting. For example, I need to be able to give in confidence, wait on the Lord, and expect Him to cause men to give unto my bosom. Good measure, press down, shake it together, shall me give unto my bosom. I'm giving as He commands and trusting Him for wisdom and resources to meet the need and counsel the day. See, my part is to give and wait on the Lord and to renew and change my strength. See, weariness and thoughts of giving up and giving in and getting tired will come, especially if I'm fighting for the spirit of life and barely making ends me. But I have to position myself as Galatians 6 and 9 tells me to do. Reposition myself. I got a choice to make. Reposition myself. Readjust myself slightly. Remain situated in that same place. Or I continue to do what I want. Galatians 6 and 9, let us not grow weary or become utterly spiritless, exhausted while doing good. For in due season we should reap a harvest, gather, gather the harvest together if we do not lose heart. See, becoming exhausted is the point of wanting to give up should not be an option, especially when we're praying, serving, loving, and giving in the midst of difficult trials, tribulations, and difficult times. But that's what he tells us to do. We have a promised harvest in our new season. Develop and maintain the Christ-like mindset will encourage and strengthen us as we wait for the harvest to come forth. We must continue to think, talk, and conduct our lives like Jesus. We have to remind and encourage our sisters and brothers in Christ to think and talk and conduct their lives like Jesus will because sometimes we need encouragement along the way. In today's text, we want to see the hand of God at work in the midst of people who made up their mind, positioned themselves, and remained focused on what God said rather than the chaos, commotion, confusion around them. Let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And our verse today is coming through 1 through 30. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1, verse 2 reads as follows. It happened after, after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them, besides the Ammonites, they came, they came, they came, they came. When they came, they attacked, they, they fell upon, they came to battle, they came to war against Jehoshaphat. They came, they, they came to war against Jehoshaphat. In verse 2, then some came and told Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat is known as one of the most prosperous kings of Judah, which is an interesting title. And I'm see, I'm showing you a little bit how we got that title. And a great multitude is coming against you beyond the sea and, and from Syria, and they are in Hazan Tamar, which is in Gadai. Jehoshaphat's name means Jehovah as judge. Jehovah was king of Hazan and served the king of Judah for 25 years. And Jehoshaphat was a long-standing, successful, and prosperous king, but he had enemies. We can be good, productive, and prosperous, but you still don't have enemies. I'm always amazed at people that walk around and think that they're not going to have an enemy. They treat everybody right, and people are not. Let me say, you can treat everybody right, and you still don't have an enemy. 
It don't make sense, but I'm not worried about it. Amen. Helping others, but we can be good, productive, and prosper helping others, but still have people who will come against us in a great number. See, Jehoshaphat had enemies, and they were coming for him. The people of Moab. Moab was Lot's son by his eldest daughter, named meaning of his father. The people of Ammon, people who dwelled in Transjordan. Another descendant of Lot, named meaning trouble, and others were the Ammonites. And these came and told Jehoshaphat, their son came and told Jehoshaphat that a great multitude is coming against you from the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazan Terah. See, Jehoshaphat had groups coming against him to do battle and make war against him. See, Jehoshaphat had people and problems coming for him. He had big problems and bunches of people after him. Now, let me say this to you. They were big to Jehoshaphat. Now, if you got 20 million people and 400 people coming at you, you're like, that ain't gonna bother me. But if you got 400 people and 20 million coming at you, that's a problem. The problem is in perspective. And so what may look big to one person may not be big to another person, but it's big to you. This is big to you. And you gotta understand, if a problem is big to you, God understands that. God understands. He had big problems. Sometimes we have big problems and bunches of people that come against us and want, to, and, and want to war against us. War against our minds, our feelings, and get us stirred in our emotions. See, people and problems will cause us to feel stress, anxiety, and we can have feelings of fear that can try to overwhelm us. See, we see this in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 3. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast woo, throughout our children. Right. Jehoshaphat, he feared. He was afraid. He was terrified. But he knew what to do. Now. Right. He like some folks, just hide in the corner. Jehoshaphat did this. He said or consecrated himself to see or consult the Lord and proclaim and fast to abstain from food throughout our children. See, as we continue to mature and have the mind of Christ when people and problems and others come against us, we move from seeking people to seeking the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout the Judah. Not only that, he called his Judah into the fast as well. Judah names means praise. They celebrate. People who praise our God. Jehoshaphat didn't just speak to anybody, but he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast. He established food. He gave the instructions to people who knew about praising and believing in God. Those how the people received his divine instructions. We see this in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 4. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the sins of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Isn't that good to know? So Judah gathered together. He asked. He requested. He desired help. Help, Lord. Sometimes you got to go to God and say, God, I need help. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it, but I know, I know you know. I know you know God. I know you know how to aid me and assist me. And I like the fact that, that not only did he go, Judah came as well. The people came as well. And they came to see the Lord. They, I'm, I'm glad they didn't see Jehoshaphat because Jehoshaphat didn't know. But God As mentioned before, Jehoshaphat is a great Christ-mind example of what we do when we begin to be fearful and overwhelmed. Now, I've lived long enough to be overwhelmed. Else. I ain't going to pretend like I'm all spiritual. 
Not that I've been overwhelmed before. I have been overwhelmed, and sometimes I sought the Lord, but I'm learning as I mature in Christ to seek the Lord all the time. Just some of y'all be getting it. Let me say that again. Sometimes me as quote unquote Pastor Thomas did not seek the Lord when I was overwhelmed. All right, everybody understand that? I had to repent because you know God. God knows some of us should know that because we've been with we didn't want then we get overwhelmed, we start doing other stuff. I'm gonna figure this out on my own, get this thing. I'm gonna start getting calculated out. I'm gonna call somebody, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. But never have the knowledge him in all your ways and he directs your path. Mm -hmm. So you know what I had to do? When I get frustrated, bad, and upset, repent. Ask God to forgive me. He said, God, okay, let's do this the right way. Because God got a way of teaching a lesson in a directive or indirect. Got quiet there. That's okay. I'll be the only one in the room that does something like that. All right, now, chances are we can hear certain information that can bring fear to our door. Thoughts of fear, anxiety, uncertainty, or emotion that would try to overwhelm us. It, it could be a financial situation coming to overwhelm us. It could be a job situation coming to overwhelm us. It could be a business situation coming to overwhelm us. It could be a church situation coming to overwhelm us. It could be our own mind. It comes to overwhelm us. Woo! What? I ever asked the question. I'm, I'm going to admit mine. My own mind is overwhelming. No, listen, it was nobody in the room but me. But my own mind, my own thoughts, my own emotions overwhelmed me. I went from here to all over there. And I looked, when I, when I repented and got it right, I looked around. There was nobody with me. Nobody. I can't even wait the devil now. That was just me, just along with my thoughts, trying to figure stuff out on my own. Woo! <laughs> that be long to get saved. The key, excuse me, information can come our way, either direct or indirectly, and have an impact on our mind and cause us to be overwhelmed. The key is not the information, but our response to the information. See, Jehoshaphat sought the Lord and called him fast. Not only did he fast, but those in Judah fasted as well. It would seem they had one goal, and that was to ask help or aid from the Lord. After trying to fast, they made solemn prayer requests in the midst of the people and to honor God. I want you to notice, we need to remember to reverence and respect God, respect God's house, respect God's people. Because miracles are in the Answers are in the house. Jehoshaphat no doubt understood and respected God's house. Notice 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verse 5. Did Jehoshaphat stood, he remained and endured in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem. In the house, the dwelling place of the Lord. Before the new court. See, we have to stand in God's house, remain and endure in his house. 2 Chronicles 26. Oh Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule, have dominion, and reign over all the kingdoms of the nations, the ones that know about you, even the ones that don't know about you? Don't you have reign over them, God? No, it's not Jones that prayed that prayer. Boy, that's a good prayer. In other words, you got enemies, you can say, God, don't you rule over my enemies too? You'll you get that one day. You'll get that one day. And it says this, and in your hand is there not power, strength, and wealth, and might, so that no one is able to withstand you, not even my enemies, not even my friends, can any? Good God. Verse 7, are you not our God? Are you not our God? Notice how he prayed to God. 
Come on, look, look. He, 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 he got that prayer going down, y'all. This must not be his first time praying. He, he know how to get his God's attention on it. And you want to get somebody's attention, God, like, It ain't manifest yet, but God is still on it. 
He allowed the enemy to come in Jehoshaphat's life. And he allowed the enemy to come in your life. But God knows your enemy coming to He did not sit back wondering, that I'm going through something. Mm. I didn't know God was going through something. God knows you going through something. God knows you're dealing with something. God knows you better than you know yourself. He knows what you're dealing with. Somebody say, he knows what I'm dealing with. See, his word will accomplish what he said out to do and not return void or empty. His word will succeed. Jehoshaphat is like us. He realized that he had a promise, but also understand he has to wait for the manifestation of the promise. Notice, he got the promise, but he's got to wait for the manifestation. Everybody see the difference there? So you get a promise from God, but you gotta learn how to wait on the manifestation or wait for it to come to pass in your life. Because you can have a promise. Now, yeah, God will heal my body, but you gotta wait for it to manifest. God can get you out of debt, but you gotta wait till that last bill paid off. And you still gotta give God glory while you're going through the process. Because if God paid off one month, he'll pay off another month. If he paid off two months, he'll pay off two, three more months. You're going to pay it on this month. You pay it on last year. You're going to pay it on this year. You hear my brother last month. You're going to hear it this month. Remind him of everything he's doing in your life. Remind him of what he's doing in your life. See, we may have a difficult situation that we're dealing with that is literally in our face, but the Lord has a promise. He's going to display his promise very soon. What do we do between the problem and the exposition of the promise? What do we do? We got a problem. Jehoshaphat had a problem, but he needed to display the answer. What do you do in the middle of that? I'm going to show you. Remember, remember Isaiah 40 and 31? But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Remember that? All right. All right, man. Second Chronicles 20 and 10. And now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Verse 11, here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given to us to inherit. Hold on, God, you gave me this land? You're trying to throw me out of the land you gave Oh, something wrong with that picture, ain't it? Something wrong. God, you gave me this car, you're trying to throw me out this car you gave Lord, you gave me this house, you're trying to throw me out this house you gave you gave me this relationship. You gave me this. You gave me this. Whatever God gave you, He gonna provide. Verse twelve. Our God will not judge them, for we, for we have no power. Excuse me. Our God will you not judge them, for we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Remember, I told you earlier that every time to bring something before your eyes and put it in your face, but know what Jehovah said. And see, this is the enemy trying to get you to look at everything else except God. Except our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 13. Now, all Judah with the little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. Notice their position. They stood before the Lord. Verse 14. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziah, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Matanah, a Levi of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. In verse 15, and he said, Listen! All you Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you king, and you king Jehoshaphat, 
Thus saith the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You got to know that whatever you win, the battle is not yours. That'll make somebody happy this morning, praise God, that you're, you're in a battle, amen. God said this battle not yours. Today, hey, we in this together. In fact, in fact, let me step in front. If you let me, I step in front of you and fight it for you. The problem is we step in front of step in front of God and do that way. Thank you. I'm the only one to give today. I've been the only one to try to step in there and try to do my little, my little, you know, since somebody who can't fight, that they can fight. That's what, that what we look like. That's what we look like. It is sad. Hey, you're right. You will be exactly right. But that boy can't fight. Go get locked out. When I wake up, I say, oh, God, you better get this down. <laughs> we see that the Lord has confirmed me going to do something. You need, listen, I, if I know God's going to do something, you know what we got to do, though? The manifestation of it. Because, see, we're here. We're dealing with it. But he's going to do something. God's going to do something. He's going to do something. Let me tell you something. Whatever you're dealing with, dealing with right now, let proclaim to you, for those that were here, God's going to do something. 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 Well, Pastor, I don't know if he can do anything about this. Nah. Step, step back, step back, and let God do something. What is God going to do? Whatever he want to do. Whatever he want to do. Because it's going to be better than what you do anyway. You know, a little bit of God better than a whole lot of you. I want you to know I'm in the back. Whether it's in my mind, with my body, my finance, my family, or against co-workers, just the fact that he knows helps. I just want to know God knows I'm in the battle. I just want to know God knows I'm in the battle. And see, when we feel like we're battling and no one acknowledges the battle, it can be a lonely place emotionally. Because you think I'm in the battle all by myself. I'm sitting fighting for my family all by myself. I'm sitting fighting for my finances all by myself. I'm sitting fighting for this ministry all by myself. I'm still fighting for this auxiliary all by myself. I'm still fighting for this, that, my children all by myself. I'm still fighting for my loved ones all by myself. I'm still fighting for whatever. It is good to know you know God is in the battle with you. And he knows you're in the battle. He knows you're in the battle. Now, let me say this. A battle to us is not a battle with God. Y'all know that, right? I mean, let's say who in the world is an opponent to God. But what you in, what you dealing with, is real. And God knows that. So he is letting us know this morning, I'm in a battle with you. Woo. Now, instead of Jehoshaphat fighting the battle, a war with Judah, the Lord gave Jehoshaphat his strategy for this battle. I want you to understand before I read this next part here, go to the next part. God has different strategies for different battles. But you got to know the strategy for the battle that you in. Everybody understand that? Y'all remember we talked about earlier? This time that go out by prayer and what? Fasting? And that's one battle. This time is a different type of battle. Alright? So we got to understand the battle that we in and follow 
the one who gives us instruction. Verse 16, tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the accent of Zeus, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerusalem. God knew exactly what they were coming and everything, didn't he? Verse 20, 2 Chronicles 20 and 17. You would not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves. Present yourself, stand, and remain. Position yourself, station yourself, and see. Set a vision, look intently at the salvation of the Lord who was with the old Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Position yourselves. Stand and remain. Why we running? Why we doing that? Now, he said, what? This particular thing. Present yourself, stand, and remain. The first order they did was to pray and seek the guidance of the Lord. Verse 17, the Lord told them to position themselves. Stand in unity and go before the Lord in unity. Unity has a way of bringing reverence, humility, and setting the atmosphere for worship. So when they positioned themselves, they went on to praise and worship our God together. I want you to notice verse what happened? He got verse 17. What happened in verse 18? And Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. What does that sound like? Worship. And all Judah, the ones who praised, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. They bowed down before the Lord. Then in verse 19, then the Levites of the children of Kohathites and the children of Korites stood up to praise or glorify the God, Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. In verse 18 and 19, what did they do? They worship and they praise God. They worship and they praise God. They prayed and sought God's help in verse. Remember, somebody said, in the time, old that he feared, he went crazy. He talked to God. God told him, hey, stand, position, position yourselves. What position is that? Praise and worship. Worship and praise. Huh. So when you read something like that, what, what can you take away from that? I take away this. I got a problem. I seek the Lord. But while I'm waiting for the, the manifestation or the display of the promise, Worship and I praise my God. Ooh, I worship and I praise my God. Boy, I tell you, that means that that what does that sound like to me? That sounds like church. That sounds like church. I got a problem. I come to the house of God. Oh, 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 I got to, I got some some of the other components that we told him to do. Verse 18. And Jehoshaphat bound his up uh, to 20. Let's go 20. So he rose early in the morning and went out, out to the wilderness of the court, and they went out to Hosea's stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe! Trust in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. You'll be firm. 
You'll be, you'll position yourself and be firm. You won't be moved by every wind of doctrine that comes your way. And those who else he said, believe his prophets, his spokesman, and you shall prosper. You don't succeed. You don't bring to a successful end. Jehoshaphat, you'll get a, you got a word. You got a word. You praise me. You worship me. Oh, that sounds just like Sunday morning church. That sounds just like Sunday morning church. You see what God has been done for real to us? He revealed the answer to when you got a problem and the manifestations of the solution, praise and worship and his word. That means that each Sunday I'm getting straight up changes springs. I'm getting what I need in order to be successful. That means God is in He is just in the church in the battle that we just read about. He has established his church in the midst of Jehoshaphat and Judah. And so he said, believe it. In 21, and when they had consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord, who would sing praise, give thanks to the beauty of holiness. So they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. You notice how the praise thing came out and song that song? Then they not call for the singers. Then they not call for the ones who will praise that will glorify God. They call them. So notice, we've got praise and worship in here. We got singers in here. We got believe in the Lord God by God. You be a stop, believe his promise, so shall you prosper. Let me say this to you. We got the church here. Because you know, we may not go out like Jehoshaphat did, but we can be in an assembly on a Sunday. Whenever you dare with God, say, I got an answer for you. I got something for you. And so if you come to the house of God, I'm going to give you what you need. Because in verse 22, and we begin to sing and to praise the Lord, the Lord said, ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Listen, let me say this to you. Their situation, they were coming against Jehoshaphat and they were smitten. And Jehoshaphat and Judah did not lay a hand on them naturally, but they whooped them spiritually. Let me tell you something. You are in a position, you can whoop your enemies in the spirit realm. And then you listen, you'll be praised and worshiping God, and God will be able to fight. Financial battles for me. He has fought sickness battles for me. He has fought mental battles for me. He has fought against my enemies for me. He has fought against people for me. He is fighting right now for us right now. Come on, you gotta fight. He's fighting for us right now. He's fighting right now. Thank you. Thank you. I'm on that front row praising God. He fighting my battles. Woo! I'm here praying. He's here fighting my battles. Lord, I thank you for fighting my battles. I can't defeat this enemy on my own. I don't know how. I'm like Jehoshaphat. I don't know what to do in this situation. I ain't got enough swords and knives and all kinds of stuff like that. But you do, God. You know how to defeat. You know how to set a snare. 
You lie away for the enemy, don't you? Woo. They keep on coming, they want to, but you lie away for them. You lie away for them. And not only that, you see how God has those, He has delivered, He has protected them, and not only that, He's been prosperous too as well. Let me show you how God prosper. And I'm going to close with that right now. How many like prosperity? Anybody not raise a hand, we'll pray for you right now, because you need Jesus, I'm telling you, bro. We'll start at verse 23. For the people of Amon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Verse 24. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were the dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. Well, when God fights your battle, he ain't playing it. That's why I, I, don't, I don't like coming in God's fault. I know, personally speaking. Now, if God tells me to, that's different. But, no one is here. Not one. Not one. But notice what happened in 25. When Jehoshaphat and the people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of values. An abundance, not cheap, but what? Values. On the dead bodies, and notice this precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry, and they were there three days gathering. The spoil. Spoil is a collection of valuable things because there was so much. Well, if I took three days, I'd be working day and night, boy. I'd like to give me some coffee, give me something, give me something. I, mean, I ain't sleeping to everything, dog. But you know what? What's wrong? You know what? Um, so, you know what's wrong? Why you take all that stuff back? Yeah. <laughs> 
He bought it before because I wanted to go ahead and bring it all this stuff to buy. But they bought all that stuff to buy. And I said, God, you're fulfilling your word. You're fulfilling your promises. And I said, and I'm going to close with this. In the latter part, you see in verse 30, it talks about how that he gave them rest. That means he gave us peace that passes all understanding. But I want you to notice what God has shown us here this morning. He shows if you got a problem. Mentally, physically, whatever. And you're, listen, God gives you a promise. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do this, that, and the other in your life. All the promises of God in your yes and amen. It's working out, turn back to the board. It's going to accomplish everything you said me have to do. Well, he gives you his word, and you're waiting for the manifestation of his promise. And God will cause the word to come to pass. Y'all know that, right? Right. In the middle of that, we got church. More specifically, we got praise. We got the singers leading us in worship. It talks also about the musicians singing, playing. It also talks about God gives us a word to help establish us as well as prosperous us and cause a successful so today, in 2023 and beyond, I need to understand, though I come to the house of God, God is fighting my battles for me. He's helping me not only to be successful this day, but he's helping me down the road. And I'm going to be prosperous too. Because that's what happened to Joseph and Judah. And you know what? He the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If he did it with Jones, in fact, you know what else you want to do it for? Look, not, don't look at me. Look over here. Look around. Look around. You see the one with blue? The white? The orange? Yellow? The burning? White? You see that one? You see? You see them? You do the same thing. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer request and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online, or you can utilize text to give text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.